With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. Of course, as always, you'll get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, the number to call, 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show, blogtalkradio.com slash pgant. You can hit us up on Stitcher. You can go to our website, goforradio.com. So there's a bunch of different places where you can listen to this great show. And we got a great show lined up for you today. As always, we'll be joined by wide receiver, Jaguars wide receiver, D.D. Westbrook. He's going to talk about the upcoming NFL season, training camp, all that good stuff. It is upon us. The NFL season. Is coming upon us. Got baseball now. Got the dog days of summer. And then football is on its way. College, pro. Before you know it, the NBA will be back. College, basketball as well. So all the things that you missed in the summertime will be coming back in the fall. And time flies in life. And so before you know it, it will be fall. It will be NFL, college football, basketball, all those seasons. So if you're not a fan of baseball, hold tight because the other sports are coming. So as we go through this show, we got to talk about because it's been a long time since we've been here. At least me here talking with you. We had some interviews over the past few weeks, but it's been a while since I've been here sitting here on this mic talking to you. Feels good. But anyway, as we go through this hour, we're going to talk some NBA. I mean, I didn't get a chance to to, to talk about these things and, 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 you know, give my thoughts, ideas, opinions, and beliefs on these things. So I will be doing that as we go throughout the course of this show because a lot happens. A lot happens since the last time I talked to you. A lot happens since the last time we broke bread together. So a lot of things have happened. We're going to talk about those things that have happened. First and foremost, LeBron James. You know, coming into the summer, it was all about the big three free agents. Well, we'll say two, but this third guy, you know, ultimately we knew, we knew that he wanted out of his situation. So it was LeBron James, it was Paul George, and it was Kawhi Leonard. Now, starting with LeBron James, 
it's not really much of a shock that LeBron James decided to take his talents to Los Angeles, to, to Southern California. It, it's not surprising. In fact, a lot of people predicted it would happen. So that really wasn't much of a surprise. And if you look at it, the Los Angeles Lakers at this point, the way they're presently constructed, are they a championship-caliber team? We'll get to that in a moment. Paul George, I, you go to GoForItRadio.com. I put out there immediately, maybe a few days, after I discovered that Paul George was going to do some type of special with ESPN chronicling his free agency situation, I, I knew that he was going to stay in OKC. He wasn't going to do – I mean, the last guy who did something similar was LeBron James. And LeBron James, he was vilified, chastised, raked over the coals when he made the decision, when he decided to take his talents to South Beach. He decided to take his talents to South Beach on national TV. So essentially embarrassing a city, an organization – and, you know, just it, it, uh, it was a situation where you knew Paul George wasn't going to repeat that. You knew Paul George was smarter than that. I mean, you, you knew that Paul George, from my standpoint, you knew that he learned his lesson. Can't do stuff like that. And Paul, I knew, and the thing is with LeBron, if LeBron would have did the decision show and decided to stay in Cleveland, then, you know, we could look back at it and, wouldn't really be that bad. Actually, we wouldn't care, and there wouldn't be a fan base in Cleveland who would be angry, burning jerseys and things of that nature. That wouldn't happen if LeBron James decided to stay in Cleveland when he did the decision show. The thing about it is you knew what Paul George, from my standpoint, he was doing something similar, three-part series with ESPN. I knew there was no way he was going to leave because he would also – have turned into public enemy number one, at least with some of the fans in OKC, with a lot of the fans in OKC. So OKC took a chance on Paul George because the thought was, like with Ka uh, Kawhi Leonard, the thought was that Paul George was already going to Los Angeles. It was a formality. He was just going to play out the year in OKC, and then he was going to head to home to California, to Los Angeles, to play with the Lakers. That was the thought. That was the idea. That was the opinion. That was the belief of many. But didn't happen that way. Paul George, he went to OKC. He liked the situation, and he decided to re-up. He decided to stay in Oklahoma City for the next few years. And so OKC now, they've moved on from Melo. And so this is a team in Oklahoma City that feels like they can possibly compete for a championship. It feels that way. And, you know, the thing about it is, OKC, yes, they're going to be a team that's going to be there. They're going to be a team that last year who didn't get out of the first round, who I think is going to get out of the first round this year, and, and I think they're going to make some noise. You also got to remember with this team, when Andre Robertson was in there, the team was rolling. And then he went down with an injury, and that affected a lot of things with that basketball team. But you look at this team, you know, they're, they're obviously you got Westbrook. You've got 
Paul George, who asked, also added Dennis Schroeder, a, a guy who can create his own shot, who can make some plays for you. Uh, you also, you know, Nerlens Noel is a guy, interesting, talented guy on some level in terms of on, on in terms of the defensive side of the ball, shot blocker, has some activity, had a hard time uh, getting in and playing for the Mavericks. Who knows what that situation was all about? But Nerlens Noel is solid. He's solid. And so I think when you look at OKC, they're going to be there. They're going to be in the mix. Steven Adams as well, big-time center in this league. They're going to be there at OKC. They're going to be there. They're going to be a problem. How much of a problem? We'll see. And then we have Kawhi Leonard. And this was probably the strangest of all of these situations. Because you look at Kawhi Leonard and, okay, the guy only played nine games last season because of a quad injury. He was cleared by San Antonio Spurs doctors. But for whatever reason, you know, he got second opinions, so on and so forth. He was in New York and things of that nature. But he wasn't comfortable, confident to get, you know, to go back out there on the basketball court. And so ultimately it caused a rift between the Spurs and Kawhi Leonard. Ultimately, Kawhi Leonard, you know, stated that he wanted out. I, I guess he stated because we haven't really heard, you know, from Kawhi Leonard. You know, we, we still haven't really heard. We, we've heard from people who have talked to Kawhi Leonard who are, who are speculating, I guess, about what Kawhi Leonard has said. I mean, we don't know exactly how Kawhi Leonard feels. He hasn't told us how he feels. And at this point, we haven't heard anything, and I don't know when we're going to hear anything from Kawhi Leonard about that San Antonio Spurs situation. I don't know. I'm waiting, just like you, to hear what Kawhi Leonard has to say. Here's one thing we know. Kawhi Leonard is a Toronto Raptor at this point, as he was traded to the Raptors for DeMar DeRozan. And DeRozan, he wasn't happy about that move. You know, he, he kind of was blindsided by the move. He didn't expect to be traded. He thought that, you know, he had a guarantee on some level that he was staying in Toronto. Obviously, that was not the case. And obviously, that didn't happen. And obviously, DeRozan now is in San Antonio. So, I, you know, just looking at that trade on the surface, from my standpoint, I think it's a great move for both teams. And, and looking at it, first off, from Toronto's perspective, you look at it from Toronto's perspective, you got to look at it this way. That team, the way it's presently constructed, not sure if it's a championship-caliber team. Granted, LeBron James is out of the East, so you don't have that issue, that problem, that situation to deal with. But you still got the Boston Celtics. Still got the Philadelphia 76ers who are there. I think the Wizards are going to be a team that you have to watch out for. The Bucks, I think, are a team on the move. So, I mean, I think there are teams in the Eastern Conference who, who I think are, you know, on the up and up. Indiana, the Pacers, I believe, are on the up and up. That's a team that played well last year. That was a team that took the Cavaliers to seven and very easily could have beaten the Cavaliers in that particular series, it took a big-time effort from LeBron James, you know, for, for 
the Cavaliers to move on. Big time effort. But you look at Indiana and what they did, you know, you added a Tyreek Evans to the mix. You know, he, he's a guy that gave Memphis some good minutes last year. Dougie Buckets, Doug McDermott coming off the bench. You know, he could stroke it. You get Aaron Holiday in the draft. But you look at Indiana, well coached with Nate McMillan. You look at Indiana, they're a team that's probably on the rise as well. So, yeah, Toronto won 59 games last year. That's all good and dandy. That's all fine and dandy. But in the playoffs, DeMar DeRozan hasn't been the same guy that he was in the regular season. And because DeMar DeRozan hasn't been that dude, that guy, it has caused issues for Toronto in the playoffs. And it's LeBron James. They couldn't get by LeBron James. They couldn't get over that hump. The hump they call LeBron James. Couldn't do it. Had issues, had problems, had situations. They couldn't get over that hump. And because they couldn't get over that hump, things had to change in Toronto. Dwayne Casey, out. Nick Nurse, in. And now, DeRozan, out. Kawhi Leonard, in. And I think anytime you have an opportunity, a chance, a possibility to get a top five player in this league, you have to make the necessary moves to, to get it done. And for Toronto, I look at it this way. I look at it this way. From Toronto's standpoint, guess what? If it doesn't work out, if it doesn't work out, Okay, let's just say Kawhi Leonard decides, hey, this was cool, this was great, I enjoy my time in Toronto, but guess what? I want to be in Los Angeles. I want to play with the Lakers or Clippers. Let's just say he says that. Well, okay, fine. Well, if you're Toronto, the way you presently was were constructed with DeRozan and, and Lowry leading the way, wasn't enough, even without LeBron in the Eastern Conference, still might not be enough. So with that being said, I applaud the Raptors for this decision. I think it was a great decision. I think it was a great move. I think they did the right thing and made the right decision in trying to get their hands on Kawhi Leonard. I think it was the right move. It's a top five player. And now, as far as I'm concerned, if you're Toronto, the way, you know, what you have coming off the bench, and now you have a top five caliber player, and Kawhi Leonard, one of the best two-way players, if not the best two-way player when healthy, you have him in the fold. May work out. May not. May love it in Toronto. Could hate it. Could blow up in the face of the Raptors organization. Could be great. So all these things, it could be. But in life, there are risks and there are rewards. And in order to get the reward, 
Sometimes you got to take a big risk. And Toronto, they wanted to get the reward, so they decided to take a big risk. Time will be the judge of whether or not it works out. But I know this. In order to hit a home run, you got to swing hard. And when you're swinging hard, timing is also important. So you look at it from a timing perspective, you had an opportunity to get a top five player. Doesn't always happen in this league. A top five player readily available. Doesn't always happen in this league. So that's your opportunity. That's the time. That's the timing. And so now with the, the timings there, the opportunities there, now you got to swing hard for defenses. And that's what the Toronto Raptors did, Masai Yuri. That's what they did. We'll see if it works. But I have to say, on paper, with Kawhi Leonard replacing DeMar DeRozan, I got to say Toronto's better. 59 games last year. 59 games last year. And the two guys, I guess you could say the two guys who are, I guess are the most responsible for this team not getting past the Cavaliers, Dwayne Casey, gone, now coaching the Detroit Pistons. DeMar DeRozan traded for Kawhi Leonard and DeRozan's off in San Antonio. Looking at it from the San Antonio perspective, for San Antonio, you got a guy who's locked up for three years, $83 million with DeRozan. So you, you got some stability there. You still have Greg Popovich, one of the better coaches in this league, maybe the best coach in this league. So you still got Pop. You still got some decent talent there. You, you, you still got a Rudy Gay. You still have a LaMarcus Aldridge. I mean, so you got some decent players. You know, Murray, the point guard, the young point guard, he's showing some flashes. So San Antonio, and this is a team that won 47 games last year, and they only had Kawhi Leonard for nine of those 82 games. So they won 47 games last year. You're getting a 20-point score in DeMar DeRozan. DeRozan has been a 20-point score, you know, 20 points or more. He's averaged 20 points or more for the last five years. So you're getting that from DeMar DeRozan, and now you're, you know, sliding that in to what you have already in San Antonio. Again, a team that won 47 games. You got Lonnie Walker, who who is in the fold as well. So you got a team in San Antonio who I think is still going to be a good basketball team. I'm not saying they're going to be a championship caliber team. But I think it's a team that still could win between 47, 48 to 50 plus games. DeRozan's a talented player. He doesn't stink. He's not garbage. Not garbage at all. But I look at San Antonio and I say, okay, you made this deal. And I think it's a good move for your ball club. And I think, you know, you had the, the thing with the uh, Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, it was obvious he did not want to be there, even though we didn't hear anything publicly. It was obvious he didn't want to be there. And it was obvious San Antonio had to make a move. And uh, apparently, you know, reportedly, you know, they, they, you know, Philadelphia was interested, but they wanted, apparently they wanted Ben Simmons reportedly. So, and if you're Philadelphia, you can't part with Ben Simmons. You, I, and I know there are people out there who believe that you could and you can, for Kawhi Leonard, but not. I mean, let me ask you. I'll say this. 
if Kawhi Leonard was under contract and, and said, hey, I want to take an extension, yada, 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 then maybe you can think about it. But if he's not taking an extension of any, and it's a rental, and you're taking a chance on a rental, you can't. That, that, that phone has to be hung up immediately. You got to hang up immediately. You got to say, good night, goodbye. Holla at your boy. That, I mean, that's what you got to do. That's what you got to say. If they start asking for Ben Simmons and, and Joel Embiid, the conversation's over. And apparently Philadelphia wasn't willing to part with a Markel Fultz as well in any deal for Kawhi Leonard. So, you know, it didn't work out. Boston didn't have much interest. I mean, you know, so, I mean, it, I know Boston had reported interest, but ultimately they were unwilling to part with certain guys. And I know reportedly Jalen Brown may have been asked for. So, you know, San Antonio was looking to get something big. And I know the Lakers reportedly had a big package. But I think if you're the Lake, well, here's the thing. You know, we had last year where Indiana stepped up and, you know, decided, well, okay, see, I should say stepped up and decided to deal with the Pacers. And the Pacers decided to take their package of Oladipo and Sabonis, which turned out to be a thing that worked out pretty well for the Indiana Pacers. I'll put it to you this way. Indiana played in more games than Oklahoma City did last season. And I think if anybody would have said that to start last season, you know, I think people would have been laughing. So not to say that was a success. I mean, Indiana had success. Took Cleveland to seven games. Took the team that went to the NBA Finals in your conference to seven games. And easily could have won that particular series. So, I mean, from Indiana's standpoint, and, you know, they ended up getting a decent deal. And Victor Oladipo turned into a player that many didn't think he was or could be. So it worked out for Indy. And ultimately it worked out for OKC because they were able to keep Paul George in the fold. Now, your Lakers, you know, I don't know what package you report you, you offered. You know, apparently there were some reports out there, you know, with I think Anger was involved, and, uh, Kuzma and Hart and, you know, those guys were involved, but all, you know, picks as well. But I mean, ultimately you're the Lakers. You stand pat on this one. You stood pat last year in terms of Paul George. You stood pat on this one. Here's also the thing. Here's also the thing. And we're gonna, this is going to be a perfect segue into LeBron James. LeBron James is 33 at this point, will be 34 during the season. So at some point, and LeBron is playing at a very high level, many people believe LeBron James could have been the MVP. MVP should have been the MVP. So LeBron James, you got LeBron James now. Now, he's in there. He signed for four years, $154 million. The question becomes, so obviously, because he never did that in Cleveland. He never did that in Cleveland. Never signed, you know, a long-term deal like that. So obviously, he's committed. He's committed to Los Angeles. He's committed to making things right. And, 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 you know, trying to get this Laker team to win, you know, to a championship. I don't win another title in Los Angeles. Not another title for him, but another title for that great organization, which is 116. But LeBron James, 27.5 PPG, 
nine assists, eight rebounds a game last season for the Cavaliers. That's in 15, you know, year 15. So at, at, at some point, LeBron James, who will be 34 on December 30th, pretty much at the start of 2019, LeBron James, you know, he's going to be 34 years old. And at some point, and at some time, you're going to fall off. Now, LeBron James, he spends buku dollars in trying to preserve and, and get his body in the proper shape. So obviously the man puts in the work, puts in the effort, puts in the time, takes care of his body, takes care of his temple. But about the time wins all the time. So at some point, Father Time's got to win this. They're going to win. He's going to win. Father Time is going to win. He's undefeated. It's just a matter of when, how, and where. But Father Time is going to win. Best believe that. So what do you do if you're the Lakers? Because I look at this team the way it's presently constructed. I mean, you look at the team, they won 35 games last year. And the leading scorer on their team was Julius Randle. He's off to New Orleans. So this is a team that won 35 games last year. So how many games should LeBron, you know, how many games does LeBron give this team? How many more games? I said maybe, what, 10 to 15 games more? With LeBron, I ain't got to take into account chemistry and all that stuff and, you know, how that works and if it's going to work and, you know, the way the roster is probably constructed because you got guys on one-year deals. You know, you got Beasley on a one-year deal. Had a solid season for the Knicks last year. Gave him some great production off the bench. Lance Stevenson. Lance Stevenson has never been good outside the state of Indiana. So that's going to be interesting. You got Rondo. You know, Rondo's been a winner. And you look at the last couple few seasons for him. You look at a couple years ago with Chicago against the Boston Celtics. And, you know, he won the first two games in Boston. Rondo got hurt. They lost. You know, that was it. It was a wrap. It was a wrap from there. And the Bulls could not recover. So, and you look at last year, Rondo in the playoffs with New Orleans. Helped him win a round. Helped him beat the Portland Trail Blazers. Ultimately, they would lose to Golden State in five. But Rondo is a baller. But you wonder how that dynamic is going to be with Alonzo Ball. That's going to be interesting. And here's also the thing. I look at LeBron, and then I look at some of the type of point guards he's played with over the years. Guys like Mo Williams. Mo Williams can shoot. Guys like Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving can shoot, score. Guys like Mario Chalmers, Norris Cole, both of those guys could shoot. And now we're getting a point guard with Lonzo Ball, whose jump shot is questionable. So that's that dynamic with Lonzo and LeBron, to me, is going to be interesting. Now, I like Lonzo Ball. I, I You know, we could talk about his pop and, you know, how much his pop talks and, you know, LeVar talks a lot. And, you know, and I know LeVar was talking, hey, my son's going to win rookie of the year. 
My son don't need this. My son don't need that. My son's going to be this. My son's going to be that. We heard LeVar Ball and all his noise. Take away that noise. Let's just take away that noise for a second. And just look at his stat line. Ten points per game. You know, seven assists, almost seven rebounds a game. So the guy was a stat sheet stuffer. He stuffs the stat sheet. So, and, and by the way, he's only 20 years old. So, whatever pressure that that LeVar put on his son, whatever pressure that LeVar put on his son, and, and that's just all noise. But if we take the noise away and ignore the noise, we realize that Lonzo Ball had a solid rookie season. He had a, not a great, but he had a solid rookie season. And so my question, my concern, is whether LeVar, not LeVar, whether LeBron and Lonzo can coexist. I, I'll just look at the point guards that LeBron has played with. Will Williams, Barry Chalmers, Kyrie Irving, guys that can stroke it, guys that can shoot. Lonzo Ball, at this point of his development, and, and I don't know, you know, we've heard the comparison of Jason Kidd, but one thing about Jason Kidd is Jason Kidd had a conventional stroke. His stroke was conventional. Lonzo Ball's stroke is not conventional, very unconventional. So how much can you mess with that shot? And do you almost have to do a complete rebuild? And how difficult would it be to do a complete rebuild of your shot? I don't know. I, I guess you can argue that Markel Fultz is, you know, doing a rebuild of his shot out there with Drew Hanlon. You know, I, I guess you can make that argument. But, you know, Markel Fultz, even before, whether he had the yips or whatever he had, he had a traditional stroke. Lonzo Ball stroke is not traditional. There's nothing traditional about his stroke. So that's going to be interesting, how his stroke develops, his jump shot. It also is going to be interesting how it all comes together because, again, LeBron, with LeBron, with LeBron, and and Lonzo, because we also know Lonzo is a guy who's, you know, you want the ball in his hands because of his ability to pass and his ability to see the floor. LeBron James sees the floor as well, very well, as we all know. So we should be interested to see how that dynamic plays out in 2018 and beyond. And will the addition of LeBron mean the subtraction of Lonzo at some point in time. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it works out. We'll see if it comes together. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. But at this point, the Lakers are not a championship caliber team. And you wonder how many years does LeBron James have before he falls off? You'll also wonder in terms of Kawhi Leonard, because that's the other shoe to drop. I know the Lakers have the cap space. 
but because these guys are on one-year deals, the guys they added. But you wonder with Kawhi Leonard, does he do a Paul George, goes to Toronto, falls in love with Toronto, and ends up staying? Or does he decide, you know what? I want to be in Los Angeles. That's where I want to be. That's where I need to be. And that's where I'm going to be. Does he decide to do that? We'll see. You know, it's the chance and the risk that you take. But I think the Lakers, you could argue, are taking an equal risk by not, I don't know, again, I don't know what they offered. I don't know if San Antonio wasn't enamored with what they offered. I don't know. But you could argue that the Lakers could be making a, a, a mistake by not swinging for the fences and trying to acquire, but not trying to acquire Kawhi Leonard. That's going to be interesting. It's an interesting dynamic, interesting situation. We'll see how it all plays out. And also, in terms of the NBA offseason, one thing we heard was about the, the super team thing. And, and, and it came back, that argument, that discussion, because of what the Golden State Warriors did. You know, we know what they did in terms of getting Kevin Durant, you know, in the summer of 2016. But in the summer of 2018, they added another all-star in DeMarcus Cousins. Now, you look at DeMarcus Cousins, he's coming off an Achilles injury. And coming off an Achilles injury, first of all, first of all, I know what it's like to tear your Achilles. I tore mine last summer. Awful. Awful, awful, awful. It's an awful injury. Awful injury. The worst injury you could have, leg, it was horrible. Still struggling. In terms of playing basketball again, that's how I did it. Took a hard step. It's a wrap. I ain't doing it no more. My basketball days, sadly, unfortunately, are over. Love basketball. Wish I could go out there now and play basketball. Because if I could, I would. If I could, I would. I would be out there playing basketball. Can't. Body, at the age of 41, told me, your basketball days are a wrap. The mind tells you some things, and the body tells you something else. My mind was telling me yes, and my body, my body, our Kelly voice was telling me no. And, you know, obviously, the body won. And so, DeMarcus Cousins. Yes, the Golden State Warriors have signed DeMarcus Cousins. Yes, he was an all-star. Yes, he's a big-time player, but he's also coming off an Achilles. That's a major injury. And guys are usually not the same after an Achilles injury. I knew when I tore my Achilles that it was a wrap. I knew it. I knew it. When I tore my Achilles, it was a wrap. 
I knew it was I was done. I knew it. Marcus Cousins is a guy bad luck, bad time, because he was on the on his way to getting big time money before his Achilles gave way. I took a hard step, ruptured, done. Now, DeMarcus Cousins, big man, and again, guys aren't usually right after Achilles. After they tear their Achilles, they usually ain't right. We look at Isaiah Thomas. After his Achilles, called it a day. Tired. Guys, not right after their Achilles injury. Not right. Done. Most players, again, when it's torn, it's a wrap. You're not the same. Just not the same. So obviously it's a good situation for the Warriors because it's a chance. It's an opportunity. Same with Cousins. an opportunity. Eyes are not the same. Kobe or his Achilles at 34 wasn't the same. Missed a whole bunch of games. Erzhal, not the same. Chauncey Billups, not the same. Mehmet Okor, not the same. Elton Brand, not the same. John Leonard, not the same. Mo Taylor, not the same. Alfonso Ellis, not the same. Dominique. Dominique. Was the same. Was the same. I want to say better, but he was the same. Most guys don't get better. After Achilles. You're lucky, you're fortunate if you're the same. We'll get back to that discussion in a moment, but we're going to bring in now Didi Westbrook of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We, you know, quick note, we taped this interview on Tuesday before the Jags headed off to camp, but we're going to bring him in now. Let's bring him in now. Jaguars wide receiver Didi Westbrook. Didi, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. I'm Stephen. So we look at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Last year you lost to the Patriots in the AFC title game in heartbreaking fashion. Looking back on that game, do you feel like you let that game slip away? Uh, most definitely. Uh, yeah, I feel like that being said, you know, our defense played a great game as they've been playing all year. And I feel like um, – offensively, of course, we have to execute more, and we had them exactly where we needed them um, in a position, of course, for the um, final play towards the end of the game, you know, that could, of course, put us ahead, and I let that pretty much slip through my hands instead of going up, being a big-time receiver and making a play, you know what I mean? Um, so, I mean, no no disrespect or anything to the Patriots or nothing, but Gilmore made a great break on the ball, but as a receiver, that's my ball and I'm supposed to have it. So, how many times did you look back on that play? 
I pretty much uh, I look back at I look back at it for you know the the next week until after the Super Bowl until the season was over with you know but now it's pretty much out of my head and uh, I'm ready to go and make a lot more players and put us back in that same position uh, but a little further as far as going to the Super Bowl and winning. Even in the loss, do you feel like you guys were the better team? Oh, most definitely, one thousand percent. And and with that being said, because uh, everybody knows you have the best defense in the NFL. And not only that, we were out-executing them at one point on offense as well, and that's the reason I say that. Looking back now at the season and looking back at the divisional round against the Steelers, you guys owned the Steelers last season. You beat them two times in 2017. With all the talk about the Patriots and Steelers, do you feel like on some level the Steelers overlooked you guys in the divisional round? No, I don't feel like they overlooked us at all. You know what I mean? Uh, I just, I just think that's an excuse for them. You know, uh, you know, people always get into, oh, uh, we wasn't really expecting Jack, the Jaguar, the Jaguars to, you know, beat us and whatnot. But at the end of the day, like that's something they got to live with. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't want that to be the excuse of why we so called one because they wasn't ready. They thought they were going to just blow past us and go play, you know, the Patriots. But at the end of the day, you got to come out and play every game. Right. And it just looked like last season you guys had the Steelers' number. I mean, you matched up well against them. You played well against them in the regular season, and you and it was kind of kind of a carbon copy, you know, in the playoffs in terms of how the games went. I mean, you guys dominated both games. Right. Uh, I wasn't I wasn't active then for the regular season game, so that's kind of hard to speak for. But uh, the playoff game, uh, most definitely. Uh, right. we, we wasn't playing around. We we had a big week of preparation because that's where it all started. We went out there on Sunday and next year. You look at your quarterback, Blake Bortles. Before the playoffs last year, you had Jarrell Casey talking about Bortles would eventually choke a game away. It didn't happen. You know, he played well in the playoffs and, and, and almost got you guys to the Super Bowl. How confident were you guys in Blake Bortles last year? Oh, we were confident from the beginning of the year all the way up until the final play, you know, uh, in the playoffs. You know, Blake is a great quarterback, uh, and he has those tendencies in practice to to show that and pretty much uh, lead us, lead our troops, lead the troops out there each and every practice, each and every game. You know, all our faith and trust is in Blake. Uh, like, yeah, you know, he makes certain plays, but we all do that at times. You know what I mean? It's football. Like, you're not going to play mistake right. free every game, you know. And so with that being said, like, we believe in Blake the same way he believes in us. We're talking to Jaguars wide receiver D.D. Westbrook. So, obviously, you guys made it to the AFC title game, which surprised a lot of people. You guys won't be sneaking up on teams this year because everybody knows the Jaguars have a lot of talent. Does that change the mindset of the team coming into 2018? The only thing it changes about us is the fact that we've been there you know, uh, that close as far as being almost to the Super Bowl and losing by the final play. And we were back there and we're going to be back there. And that's the mindset that each and every last one of us have throughout the locker room is that the goal that we set out for ourselves is very obtainable. And that last year, you know, by getting to where we were, and now it's just time to kick open the door. Now, were you able to watch the Super Bowl being how close you guys got to, to getting to the Super Bowl? Uh. I watched some of it. I can't necessarily say I watched the whole thing. I watched some of it more so like fourth quarter of it. Okay. 
So we look at you. Last season, you know, you missed 10 games with a sports hernia, but you had a solid rookie season. What was your biggest takeaway from your first season in the NFL? Uh, the antic. That's, <laughs> that's the biggest thing, you know. Um, I mean, but everything happened for a reason. Made me cherish it a lot more, you know, look at it more so on a business mindset of things and not how things used to be, you know what I mean? And pretty much taking care of your body. That's the main thing. Because without taking care of your body, there's no football, you know what I mean? And right. uh, so with that being said, that was my biggest takeaway. You know, I had high goals, high expectations for myself coming into the year. And also, like, it was panning out how I wanted to start the great preseason and leading over to the regular season. That's when the incident occurred. But uh, as far as my overall play my rookie year, you know, I'm not I'm not too thrilled about it because I know the type of person I am. I know what I bring to the table. And, you know, a lot of people look at me like, okay, you have some big moments and some big-time games as far as third down conversions. You know, but uh, me and myself knowing abilities, those third down plays, those third and four, you know, those can easily be be turned into touchdowns by the snap of, of the finger with, you know, my play and my capabilities. You know what I mean? And so right. with that being said, this, this year I expect to throw the roof off the place and be a big-time player. So what did you do in this offseason to prepare your body to avoid injury? Uh, just pretty much work like crazy and rest. You know, the biggest thing is rest. And with me, you know, I didn't I didn't follow suit with that because that was my first year. You know, you got a long season, 16 games. It's just the regular season, including playoffs. It's a really long season, you know. And coming from um, college, there's that many games, you know what I mean? And so the biggest thing is just resting and taking full – we're talking to Jaguars wide receiver D.D. Westbrook. So, year two, you know, obviously the rookie season is done. You're in year two. More is expected out of you guys this season. More is expected out of you this season. What can we expect from D.D. Westbrook in 2018? A big-time play. Big time flex, and whenever you see it, you know don't don't drop your mouth or anything. We, we look at the Jaguars. Allen Hearns is gone. Allen Robinson is gone. You're healthy at this point. More opportunities are expected from you this season, and you, you should probably get some more opportunities. What role do you expect to have in 2018? Do you expect to be a starter? Uh, I mean, I look at it like this: it's a lot of receivers. You know what I mean? It's, it's quite a few of us this year, and I'm sure, uh, you know, when, when we, we all have the same mindset, we're all brothers, you know, but at the end of the day, we have to do what we have to do as far as feed and provide for our families, you know what I mean? And so, right. of course, whatever role they have set out for me, that's obviously the role that I'm going to take on, but uh, me, in my mind, I don't expect to be anything less, you know what I mean? Okay. And that's just, it's just from me being me. All right. We look at your defense, and you talked about their de- your defense. They were big time last season. They're expected to be big time this season. You practice against that defense on a daily basis. What's it like? Uh, I mean, it's, it's tough. You know what I mean? They're, they're great. They fly around. But just like us, you know, we, we not no pushover offense as well. Uh we make plays, they make plays, you know, it goes both ways and the practices be intense because uh of course we on offense we have to get better 
we are getting better, and so we compete top of the level. You know, they feel like they're the best. We go out, we make a few plays, and of course, there's a lot of trash talk being thrown throughout uh, the field whenever we're out there. But at the end of the day, we're just making each other better. Now, you practice against one of the best, one of the better corners in football. Some believe the best corner in football in Jalen Ramsey. You see him up close and personal. Is he one of the best corners in football? Is he the best? Uh, I mean, I haven't went up against every corner out there, but the ones that stood across from me, yeah, he's way better than those guys. You know, I can't speak on the corners I ain't played against. Right. Definitely. He's a big-time corner and made some big-time plays for you guys last season. So, I saw last season you had a touchdown dance against the Seahawks. Do you have more in your bag in 2018? Almost that's a lot where that came from, and that touchdown play was discovered at a family reunion, and uh, we do we do a lot of soul train lines, so it's more of that to come. Okay, all right. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm definitely looking forward to that. We're talking to Jaguars wide receiver Didi Westbrook. Obviously, the team goal is a Super Bowl, but for you, personal goals. Do you have any personal goals coming into 2018? Honestly, I have a lot of personal goals coming into 2018, but uh, honestly, I don't really like to discuss them because once okay. they happen, then everybody everybody knows, oh, like you said, that, so we expected it. You know what I mean? So okay. I just wanted to be like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't really want to say it over the radio, but they're my personal goals. I go to sleep to them every night, so, and they're very attainable as well. Okay. So you got a clothing line out there. Go crazy. Apparently that's the motto that came from your mom. Tell us about it. Um, go crazy. Uh, it's a it's a very touching story behind it. You know, when I was a young boy, when I was nine years old, I watched my mother struggle. You know, taking care of me and three other siblings of mine. And so um, I was in a bedroom. It was on a school night, and I kind of heard like sniffing, like crying. You know, and so I got up out of bed and went and checked in my mother's room, and she was sitting on the edge of the bed with a piece of paper in her hand, and she called me over to her as she was crying. And I asked her, of course, I was like, what's wrong? And I was giving her the comfort she needed. And she was just like, this is the light bill. And as of right now, I don't have the money to pay the light bill. And I was like, okay, like, what do you want us to do? And she was like, ooh, I don't want you to come here. I want you to get your brother and your sister. And um, you guys go over to your aunt's house because the lights are going to be cut off until I find something to do. And so when she explained that to me, she also told me, like, Dee Dee, like, this is a tough world out here. And regardless of regardless of what it is you go through or whatever, you know, obstacles are put out in front of you, you promised me to go crazy with everything that you do. And when I sat on the edge of that bed, I promised her. And with that being said, um, I was all state in high school at two different positions, went over to my junior college, graduated with an associate's degree and was an All-American there, and went over to OU, was also a Belinda Cop Award winner, the first one in history, and was an All-American there as well, and got drafted to Jacksonville Jaguars. And so... That's not just something, you know, I just say to say it. You know what I mean? Like, it's pretty much a story behind it, and I'm passionate about it. And it's still today with my mother and every one of my other close family members in our everyday lives as far as go crazy. Sounds good. So and make sure you go crazy in 2018. So let me ask you this. We saw a lot of players, you know, uh, buying their mom's houses and everything. Is that on the way? Uh, most definitely, 1,000%. 1,000%. That's on the next contract for sure. Okay. All right. So looking at you and just looking at the Jaguars in general, all in all, 
you guys made it to the AFC title game last season, so the expectations are higher. Is it Super Bowl or bust in 2018? For us, it's only one thing, and that's Super Bowl. Like I said, that's what we all see in the locker room, and you can't tell not one person in the locker room that that's not where we're trying to go. You know, uh, you, you can look back in the article, Malik Jefferson, or Malik Jackson, he said 16-0, um, and 0, you know, yeah. and he's promising the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Okay. And uh, that that's where we're going. You going to co-sign that, 16-0? and 0? I mean, it's a tough league, but at the end of the day, if that's, if that's what he's saying, then, yeah, I'm all aboard. Okay. All right. So you played with Baker Mayfield in Oklahoma. He was number one overall pick of the Cleveland Browns. What should we expect out of Mayfield on the next level? Big-time play. Uh, Baker's a baller, you know, and I'm just saying that because I played with him, I took a step back, you know, and I was trying to see what all the critics were saying, trying to see what they see. You know, and as me watching the tape and watching him play, I mean, he's just a passionate guy that loves the game of football, you know, and regardless of anything that me and him ever been through, he's, he's a baller, you know, and he knows how to win. So if you pretty much want to win football games, I think that's the guy you need in your starting lineup. So you see a star. Most definitely. Okay. I mean, oh, everybody. Cleveland Browns doing good. But they took number one overall. <laughs> for sure, for sure. You know, sometimes people make mistakes, but you know, I, I, we expect big things out of uh, Baker Mayfield in 2018. A lot of people do. And to your point, Cleveland wouldn't have taken him number one if they didn't think he could be a big time right. playmaker. Uh, you know, that clothing line. What should we expect? from that clothing line? Uh, honestly, what I expect, I expect to get everybody's attention with it, you know, and I know there's people out there with similar stories like mine, if not worse, you know, and I just want those people to know, you know, that it, it's motivation. Like, you wear that shirt, and when you wear it, you're motivating other people, and not that, but motivate yourself to, of course, be great and compete in everything you do and go crazy. Sounds good. So, fans, make sure you hit this man up on Twitter at DD the Great Eleven. That's DD the Great Eleven. You know, make sure you support this man's clothing line. Go crazy entertainment dot shop. That's go crazy entertainment dot shop, and support all the great things going on with Jaguars wide receiver DD Westbrook. DD, I'm expecting you to go crazy in 2018, man. Greatly appreciate talking to you. Wish you nothing but the best of luck moving forward. We'd love to do it again. Yep, I really appreciate it. And for the um, clothing line, there's also an Instagram page for it, and that's Go Crazy ENT12, and link for it is in the bio. All right. So, fans, make sure you get it. Make sure you support this man. He's doing big things, and he expects to go crazy in 2018. Appreciate it, Didi. Yep, thank you. Take care. Diddy Westbrook, wide receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you look at the Jaguars. This was a football team that should have beat the New England Patriots in the AFC title game. But here's the thing. And you look at Tom Brady. Tom Brady is like Michael Jordan. You know, he willed that Patriot team to the Super Bowl last year. I mean, he willed in that fourth quarter against the Jaguars where he made that comeback. Uh, you know, the Patriots made that comeback. 
Brady was just hitting everybody. He was precise. You know, he was, you know, making the plays necessary for his team to win that game. Tom Brady willed Patriots to victory against the Jackson Byers. Willed them. And he looked at the Super Bowl with, with Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady, in that particular Super Bowl, the reason the Patriots were, were able to stick in that game and almost win that football game against the Philadelphia Eagles was because of Tom Brady. I mean, Philadelphia was the better football team. I think Jacksonville was the better football team. But also think Brady. I mean, the Super Bowl threw for 500 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, he, he, was, he was special in the Super Bowl. He was special. And he almost willed the Patriots to victory. And the thing is, in the NFL, anytime – you're, you have an Aaron Rodgers. Anytime you have a, a, a Tom Brady, a, a Drew Brees, you know, anytime you have those guys, you're a Super Bowl contender. Because those guys put you in, in position to be a Super Bowl contender. So anytime you have those type of guys on your roster, you can wake up knowing that you have a legitimate shot of winning a Super Bowl. Brady, Breeze, Rodgers. You maybe make that argument for Big Ben and the Steelers, because I still think he has a lot left. And I think Carson Wentz of the Philadelphia Eagles might be a guy who's getting to that level as well, where you could say, when you have Carson Wentz, you always have a shot to win a Super Bowl. Carson Wentz is getting to that level. So we'll see if he can get there. He's coming back from a major leg injury. But let's see if he can get there. We'll see if he can, if he will, get there. I want to thank Jaguars wide receiver D.D. Westbrook for stopping by. Make sure you support him and the Jacksonville Jaguars and also his clothing line, Go Crazy. You can listen to this show and other great shows, blogtalkradio.com slash begant, where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Make sure you hit us up on Stitcher. You can find us there. Tune in. You can find us there. Goforradio.com. You can find us there. So you can find us a whole bunch of different places, a lot of places where you can find this particular show. So make sure you make it your business to find this, this great show and other great shows. So, again, make sure you go to those places and also make sure make sure you go to GoForRadio.com where we continue to talk sports and have fun doing it. We're going to be at the Hall of Fame, GoForRadio.com. We're going to be at the Hall of Fame next weekend, Pro Football Hall of Fame. That should be fun. Should be getting a lot of content from the Hall of Fame, talking to a lot of different players there. So that should be fun. So for everybody here at Go For It, we hope a great week. See you later. Take care. Bye.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.